Would you turn this morning to 1 Samuel, the second chapter, and also John 12. We have been uh, ministering the past few Sunday mornings on the honor of God. And we have been talking about practical things about how to show honor, how to demonstrate honor. I've always believed honor was important and valuable. Even as a young boy, pre-teen, I didn't know it then, but I know it now. God was dealing with me about honor. Something appealed to me in reading books and history and even fiction about, you know, Native American tribes or the Vikings or different ones. Something appealed to me about some of those things. And looking back now, I realize it was honor. It was different elements of honor that people showed and portrayed that appealed to me. And then uh, I was able to be uh, in different martial arts uh, activities and uh, different things about the East and the Orient. And, and some of it appealed to me. I didn't know why. But it was some of the aspects of honor that appealed to me. And then when I got in the Word, glory to God, and I read uh, in the Old Testament about David, King David and his mighty men. And I read about the exploits of the people of God. And I have come to see, as the years have gone by, that you just can't understand God without understanding honor. It is such a part of His character. And in fact, you know, there's so much in the scripture about the glory of God. And really the word honor and glory are so similar. Some of them translated uh, the same ways, used almost interchangeably sometimes. And so if you want to understand about the glory of God, you have to know something of the honor of God. And the thing that makes it a little challenging is that in the West here particularly, and in Europe too, so many places, We've lost ground where honor is concerned the past few generations. You know, we're still uh, suffering the fruit of the rebellion of the 50s and 60s. We haven't, as a society, we haven't recovered from that. And you see so many children, they have not a clue of respect and honoring parents and teachers and principals and police and etc. Because the adults don't. But how many believe God is a God of honor? He's a God of honor. He expects us to live honorably, to understand honor, to show him honor, and to show each other honor. So that's what we've been talking about. In 1 Samuel 2, if you would look there, this has been our golden text for these passages. 1 Samuel 2, a number of things were said here, but in this last part of 1 Samuel 2.30. 1 Samuel 2.30. The Lord speaking. He said. Them that honor me. I will honor. They that despise me. Shall be lightly esteemed. Let me read it again. Hear the Lord speaking to you. Them that honor me. I will honor. How many understand you couldn't do that unless you even know what honor is? You got to learn what honor is before you could honor God. 
But how many understand it's a law, it's a fact. You honor him, what happens next? He's going to honor you. You think you'd know it when he honors you? Oh yeah, you think it'd be good. Oh my, glory. Them that honor me, I will honor. They that despise me shall be lightly esteemed. I've learned some years ago in studying the subject of honor that the exact opposite, the contrast of honor is despising, according to King James language, despising. But the word despised is used differently in the Bible than in our modern vernacular. When we use the word despise nowadays, we think of it only in a very strong sense that you're repulsed by something, maybe even hate something, can't stand something, you despise it. But yet in the Bible, to just look at something and go, big deal, that's despising. Did you see the language? Lightly esteemed, just to fail to appreciate something in the Bible language, is despising. And so, uh, you know, if you look up the word honor, like we said, similar to the word glory, it means heavy. It means weighty. And one of the best words I know in our modern usage is the word value. Value. In those days, if you bought something, you had to pull out your gold or your silver and you had to take those old balances and you had to put some metal on one side. And if it was real expensive, you had to pile up a lot of metal, a lot of gold or silver, and it was heavy to buy it. We use the same kind of thing today talking about stuff. Is that a good product? No, it's light. Is that a good product? Yeah, that's a good, heavy, sturdy, strong, built, valuable Well, simplifying it, to honor means to value something. If you honor God, you value Him. There's a lot of people slept in this morning, didn't go to church. Why? They don't see the value. There are people who just cannot understand why you would fly across the country. Huh? Why you'd get up early, stay up late. Spend your own money. Stand in line to get a seat. They can't figure that. To go to church? You've got to be kidding me. Why do you do it? Because you value the Word of God. You value the presence of God. You value the church of the Lord Jesus. Amen? It's precious to you. That's why we don't mind spending money. That's why our guys work all night without sleep, miss meals and everything else. Why? Because this is the most valuable thing of all. This is honoring God. Honoring, everybody say honoring God. But now here's the great second part, the great response. When you honor God, can't get away from it. It's going to happen. He's going to honor you. And I'm thinking of two instances right now. You remember the great woman of Shunem in 2 Kings about how that the prophet would come by and she told her husband, this is a man of God. It's a real man of God here. We need to bless him and help him. And so they built onto their house. It costs money to build an addition onto your house. 
bought furniture. And every time he came by, they'd cook for him. And uh, this happened. And every time he came by, he stopped. They must have been comfortable. Must have been uh, good cooking too. (laughs) And uh, this happened, I guess, month after month. Until finally the man of God is laying in the bed one day, waiting on the Lord. And the Lord said, something's got to be done for this woman. I mean, you can't keep blessing God. You can't keep serving God until it's going to come up before the Lord. He said, all right, now that's enough. Something's got to come back on him. Amen. Something's got to come back. Months may pass. Years may pass. But payday is coming. Honor day is coming. Amen. And oh, think about how he honored her. She stood in the doorway. He said, what's to be done for you? You've taken all this concern and blessed us. What's to be done for you? She said, oh, I'm fine. He said, you want me to speak to the king for you? She said, oh, no, no, I'm fine. You want to move, relocate to a better place? She said, no, I like it just fine here. And his servant spoke up and said, they want a baby. He said, "Uh uh-huh. And the word of the Lord came. He said, about this time next year, you have good news for me. She said, oh, man, God, don't play with me about that. That's too serious. He said, Hear what I told you. And sure enough, here's a beautiful, healthy boy. Amen. Amen. Just a year, a little bit less. And that wasn't the end of it. Is that God honoring you to give you and your husband a child when you couldn't have one? Is that God honoring you? Not only that, you know, later on, the boy was out in the field. Something happened to him and he died. God raised him from the dead. That's honoring you. I said, that's honoring you. There are other things I won't go into that happened with that same family, how God honored them. You remember in uh, uh, Cornelius in the book of Acts about how he had prayed and given and prayed and given and prayed and given. And I mean, God moved in a supernatural way for the apostle Peter and got him over to his house. And he said, this man's prayers and his giving to the poor has come up before me. And what happened? I mean, he sent the Apostle Peter to his house to preach to him, to get them the revelation that they needed. Does it pay to honor God? Everybody said out loud, when you honor God, God, he honors you you. every time. time. Now, let me review. We've been talking about the honor of God. And then we've been talking about how We are to honor him. And we went into some detail about realizing that honoring God includes honoring his people. He takes what you do for brothers and sisters personally. In as much as you did it to the least of these. My brethren, he said what? You did it to me. He takes it personally. Did you know you could buy the Lord a suit? Did you know you could buy the Lord a meal? Did you know you could pay off the Lord's house? Did you know you could make the Lord's car payment? Can you? Do you understand what I'm talking about? He takes it personally, just like you did it for him. He said so. And so in showing honor to each other, we honor him. And so we went over some specific things, and I don't have time to teach on them, but I'll give them to you real briefly. How to show honor, how to give honor. One is how you refer To people and things. Reference. Reference. How you refer. 
You don't refer to the Bible as that thing. It's the holy, wonderful word of God. You don't refer to your wife as my old lady. As my queen, the blessing of God on my life. Amen. You don't refer to your husband as just Charlie. Oh, it's just boss, just my husband. You understand what I'm talking about? How you refer to people and things shows your honor or lack thereof. Then we also talked about what? Preference. Preference. When you honor people, you prefer them. You give them the best cut of meat. You give them the better seat. You prefer them. Then thirdly, we said, what do you do? Defer. Defer. You defer to them, especially people that have a greater anointing or a greater place. You defer to them, which means you yield to them. You submit to them. And so finally, we said showing honor includes conferring things upon, gifts upon. You know, Mary wanted to honor the Lord. She took the most precious thing she had. That box of uh, spikenard ointment probably cost twenty, thirty thousand dollars $30,000 by today's money. Took that thing and just dumped it on his feet. I mean, it's not something he can wear. It's not a watch he can tell time. It's just going to make his feet smell real good for a while. And some people hollered and said, oh, what a waste, what a waste, what a waste. And you listen to the people that talk like that now. They're in the company of Judas Iscariot. What a waste, what a waste. Jesus didn't correct her. He didn't rebuke her. He received it. He let her honor him. He thought so much of it that he said, this is going to be told all over the world from now on, anywhere and everywhere this gospel is preached. And it's recorded for posterity. Thank God. Everybody say honor. honor. See, giving gifts and doing things shows honor. Thank you, Lord. We talked about that. But now I want us to get into and begin today talking about this other side, how God honors us. Because it's a fact. When you honor him, what comes next? He He's going to honor you. In John 12, verse 26... John twelve twenty six. He said, if any man serve me, let him follow me. And where I am, there shall also my servant be. If any man serve me, him will my father honor. If a man serves me, Jesus said, my father will honor him. Wherever I am, that's where my servant's going to be. You know, it reminds you of uh, the servant keeping up with Elisha. And he said, you can stay here. You don't have to go. He said, no, wherever you go, I'm going. Remember that? The day he was going to be taken, you know, and they got to another place. And he said, oh, you don't have to go. You just stay here. Why don't you just stay? He said, "Uh uh-uh. No, (laughs) you going, I'm going. And that happened like four times, didn't it? And that's the way a sold out, fully committed heart is. Do you know there'll be times in life with people that you serve under your ministers, your pastors and others that they may tell you it's okay. Uh, you can go home. You don't have to be there. You can quit. But you know, something in you ought to make you stand up and say, uh-uh, no, not till it's done. Not till it's done. Uh-uh. And if you go and I'm going. And that kind of commitment is honoring. And you know, uh, my whole staff, we were in Tulsa for 20-something years, and we sat them down and said, hey, you know, 
the Lord says, move to Branson. And uh, we're taking some big steps here. And every one of them followed us up here. Every one of them. And they had to do some interesting things (laughs) to make it work. We're some of them, you know, of course, we're a traveling ministry. We'd never had a church before, never pastored a church. And so we set them down at a certain other time and said, hey, uh, we're going to have Sunday school rooms and we're going to have children and we're going to have this and we don't have anybody in place yet. You're it. And one of them said, we're going to change diapers. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> the other one said, well, I'll get the ones that don't have the diapers. And then they found out they had potty chairs. Which might be worse. But I tell you what, they did it. None of them bailed. They stepped up. They did it. Amen. Amen. And they did it gladly and did it willingly. Jesus said, wherever I am, that's where my servant's going to be. Amen. Wherever he says go, that's where you're going to show up. And that's where the honor is too. It's in the obedience. It's in the following him fully. Now turn on over to John 15, and let me give you the first point we're going to be talking about, about how God honors us. John 15 and 15. John 15, 15. He said, henceforth I call you not servants, for the servant knows not what his Lord does, but I have called you friends. How many are Jesus' friend? You like that? I'm his friend. He's my friend. For all things that I've heard of my father, I've made known to you. Now get this, verse 16. You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain And that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it you. Is it true we didn't choose him? He chose us. Is that right? Let me read it again to you. Verse 16, what does it say? Tell me who's talking there. You got some red letters? Jesus said, and does this apply to us? Is he talking to us? Yeah, yeah. Jesus said, you have not chosen me. Everybody say, that's right. right. He goes on to say, but I have chosen you. you, This is God honoring us in choosing us. Oh, I get excited just saying it. (laughs) God chose you. you, Amen. The word chosen, if you look it up, it's also the word that's translated elect, elected, which is a form, if you think about it, the way we use it today of the word select, you just put an S in front of it, selected, and I don't want to tell it where Phyllis can hear it, so don't, don't tell her, but Dr. Strong says it means favorite. Oh. Favorite, selected, chosen, picked. Think about it. God, looking from eternity past, before the foundation of the world, much less before you were born, 
knew you before you were conceived. Knew what you'd be like. Including all your faults and failures and mistakes. And in spite of it said, them. I want him. And I want her. And I want him. And him and him and him. Him and her and her. Out of all the people that have ever lived and will ever live, he picked you. And he picked me. Mm, Now that's enough (laughs) to make you happy the rest of the day. To lift up your chin. Make you walk a little different. Say, I am handpicked by Jehovah. Yeah. Handpicked. Special select. He picked us. You know, uh, some years ago, I had been in the ministry just a couple of years at that time. And I was in the floor praying and uh, thinking back over what had happened in my life to get me to that place. Such miraculous things, supernatural leading and A lot of times, you know, you don't even realize you're being led. And you look back and realize, hey, God was leading me and he was answering my prayers. That's why, you know, how many of you pray even uh, on a regular basis? Lord, order my steps and direct my paths, guide me, lead me. You pray that kind of thing? It's not enough just to pray that now. You need to believe it is happening. You don't go through the day and look back to see if you think it is by faith. After you pray that, then you say, he's leading me. He's got, even when you can't tell it, you need to be saying it. Even when it looks like you made the wrong turn the last three times, you need to be saying, he's leading me. He's guiding me. He is directing my, and you, man, you open the door for the Holy Ghost to really lead you perfectly when you agree with him like this. Never say, I can't hear from God. Never say, I just don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. I've prayed. I've fasted. But I can't seem to get clear. I can't seem to hear from God. The Bible does not say you can't seem to hear from God. The Bible says you are his sheep. He is your shepherd. And you know his voice. And a stranger you won't follow. The Bible says you have an unction of the Holy One. You know everything you need to know. You know all things. He is leading you. Everybody sit out loud. I know his voice. I hear his voice. He is leading me. He is guiding me. I'll do the right thing. I'll make the right choices in Jesus' name. Now talk like that all the time. Never talk anything else. Never talk dullness or confusion because you give place to it when you do. Say it again. He picked me. And we ought to be able to just sit in a chair and smile without anything else. He picked me. He picked me. He picked me. He picked me. (laughs) I'm his favorite, Phyllis said. But I am too. (laughs) You are too. In uh, Romans 9. Romans 9 and verse 11. 
He said, the children being not yet born, neither having done any good or evil, that the purpose of God according to what? Sometimes we'd probably use the word selection today. Of course, you know, I mean, if a government official, the president, governor is elected, what does that mean? The people selected them with their vote. That's what it's supposed to be. And he said that the purpose of God according to election might stand not of works, but of him that calls. It was said to her, the elder shall serve the younger. As it's written, Jacob have I loved, but Esau have I hated. Now he went on to talk about how some people say, well, then uh, how can you fight against God's will? Whatever is to be, will be. No, no, listen. God's election is based on his foreknowledge. Not manipulating people's wills. There is nobody who's born to be a sinner and has to be a sinner and somebody that's destined to be lost against their will. No, the thing is, God knows beforehand. Amen? People's hearts and which way they'll go and if they'll obey or and if they'll not. And based on that, he selects. Amen. Now, don't try to figure all this out in your head this afternoon, okay? Just understand that God is righteous, and he's just, and he's fair beyond what we even understand of fair. And then skip down to the verse uh, 20. Well, let me just read it. Back up to verse 19. You will say then to me, why does he yet find fault? For who has resisted his will? Nay, but, O oh man, who are you that replies or argues against God? Shall the thing formed say to him that formed it, Why did you make me like this? Has not the potter power over the clay of the same lump to make one vessel to honor and another to dishonor? Are we talking about honor here? Yes. What if God, willing to show his wrath and to make his power known, endured with much long suffering the vessels of wrath fitted to destruction? And that he might make known the riches of his glory on the vessels of mercy. Which he has afore prepared unto glory and honor we could say. Oh I like these next two words. Verse 24. The next two words you are to underline them, circle them, put a star by them. What's the next two words? Even us. Is that you? Us what? Us. We are the select vessels of mercy. Handpicked before the foundation of the world for God to show out to. To show and demonstrate the riches of his glory. Oh, God is so big. He's so wonderful. He's such a giver. He's such a lover. He's not happy unless he's giving and loving and blessing. He has to have people to bless. You want to make God happy? Let him make you rich. You want to make God happy? Let him make you whole and healthy and strong. You want to make God happy? Let him promote you and make you all that you ever thought and beyond what you ever thought you could ever be and do. 
The scripture says in Micah, he delights in showing mercy. It's his thing. God's thing is blessing. Amen. And in his great foreknowledge and wisdom and understanding, he looked from the beginning through the end of time and the earth and everything happening here. And he saw the kind of people that would let him bless him and the kind that would harden themselves and not. And the ones that would receive him, he picked. Amen. Amen. He selected even us. Oh, i got to read that again real slow now. That he might make known the riches of his glory. Do you know what that means? No, you don't. I don't either. (laughs) We've only got a little bitty idea what that means. But I tell you what it's going to be like. You and I are so blessed. I said, we're so blessed. Would you have thought a year ago? That you'd have a fine church and a church family. No, no, no. And that's God's just starting. He's just starting. Throughout our life, He's going to bless and increase and promote and bless and increase and promote and bless and increase and promote. And then we're going to look up and the trumpet's going to sound. And then we're going to get into some serious promotion and glory. And a thousand years afterward, you and I will be in glory with God going, Whoo, oh, God, glory. And he'll say, look at this, look at this. And he's going to reveal some of more of his glory. And all of us will go, Ooh, ah, wow. And after another couple of centuries, he'll say, you like that? We'll go, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. He'll say, look at this, look at this. And he'll unfold something else and we'll all go, oh, go, wow, glory to God. And that's going to happen for eternity. He's never going to peak. There will be no reruns. We'll think, it can't be any better than this. And he'll say, look at this, look at this. And he'll unfold, we'll go, ooh, ah, wow. You might as well practice it right now. It's what you're going to be doing for the rest of your existence. Ooh, ah, wow. And it's not, it's not because you were intrinsically superior. It's not because of your innate superior intellect or amazing personality or good looks or any of such things. It's because your God, before you ever drew a breath, picked you. Picked you. Selected you shows you there is no greater honor in all time and eternity than to be chosen of God 
Mm-mm-mm. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Whoo, glory. I don't know if I can go on or not. I'm happy just to stay right there and just think about that. Just the rest of the day, go, he picked me. God chose me. Chosen. Chosen of God. Destined unto glory. Amen. Destined to be the recipient of the revelation of the riches of his glory throughout eternity with no end. (laughs) Doesn't get any better than that. Mm -mm -mm. Glory. Listen to 1 Peter 2. You know it, but let me just read a couple of these to you. 1 Peter 2, 9, you know it, we sing about it. You are a chosen generation. A royal priesthood. A holy nation. You know, that will help you understand holy. Holy means select. Why is the tithe holy to the Lord? Because he selected that portion. He put his finger on it. He said, 10% is mine. That's mine. So it's holy. Amen. He said, you come over here and serve me in this capacity. That makes that thing holy. You know, when we first got in this facility, first thing the Lord told me about it. He said, this place is mine. He said, you sanctify it to me. That means it's mine. Only what I say happens, happens in here. Amen. We've had all kind of folk want to use it. I don't tell you, but just about every week for a while we had somebody wanting to use it for different things. Not all of them were bad necessarily, but unless the Lord says, nothing happens in here except what he says. It's his place. Amen. Every seat is his. Every fiber of carpet is his. Every piece of metal, every screw is his. The piano is his. The drums are his. Sound system and the lights, every bulb is his. Amen. Amen. And would you agree with me that the people in the seats are his. His people. Holy people. Select. Chosen. Amen. Of God. One thing you need to understand now. Have you read the scriptures in the Old Testament where the Lord said, I am a jealous God. Have you read that? In the King James, it's capital J. For jealous. And there's nothing perverted or wrong in that. He has a right to be. We are his. We belong to him. Uh, Multiple reasons over. He made us. He created us. He gives us our next breath. But even after we sold ourselves through sin. He bought back his own creation. With the blood of the lamb. He owns us by creation. He owns us by purchase. He owns us by right of giving us our next breath. And he still turns around and gives us the keys and says serve me if you want to. If you don't, don't. That's one reason I love him so much. He's not a manipulator. He doesn't want you serving him unless you want to. Oh, but I want to. I said I want to. He didn't have to talk me into praying. I want to pray. 
He didn't have to talk me into preaching. I want to preach. He didn't have to talk me into giving. I want to give. I want to give more. I want to give a hundred times more. I want to give a thousand times more than I'm giving. Do you? See, people whose hearts are right, they don't fuss about, do we have to tithe under the new covenant? No, you don't have to. You don't have to go to church. You don't have to pray. The Lord doesn't just want you to do these things. He wants you to want to. You need to be that way too. No, so well, I want my wife to respect me and honor me. And she says, well, I want you to love me. No, you don't. Yes, I do. The Bible says he's supposed to love me like Christ loved the church. And I, I want you to spend the time with me and treat me like you're supposed to. No, you don't. What do you want? You want them to want to. That cannot be manipulated. And no amount of nagging or pulling or coercing will ever bring it to pass. As a pastor, as a minister, I don't want grudge money in this church. People have heard me all the time. You don't want to give? Don't. Don't. Keep it. You're going to need it. (laughs) Oh, God is so good. (laughs) Thank you, Lord. You're a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. A holy nation, a peculiar people. Now, the King James peculiar, you know, that's a little iffy. Some people just grab that. That's the only thing they saw in the New Testament thought. Hey, I'm supposed to be weird. And no, 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 no. It has the meaning, you know what many of it has the meaning of rare treasure. Rare treasure. The devil's such a liar. He comes and tells people, you know, you're wasting the air. Your family would be better off if you were gone. You're just dead weight. You're just, don't raise your hand, but how many know what I'm talking about? The devil says stuff like that. He tries to convince people, you're just a burden to your family. You're just a burden to the church. You're not doing anything. You're not bearing any fruit. You're not helping anybody. You're wasting the air. Quit breathing. Next time anything that resembles that kind of stuff comes to your thinking, you stop it just like that. You say, how come then, why did the Lord pay so much for me if I'm so worthless? Why is it that silver and gold, no amount of billions of dollars or silver and gold could buy one soul? But Jesus paid all of his precious blood and bought me. God's not foolish. He doesn't pay billions of dollars for a $5 item. If he paid it for you, guess what? You must be worth it. You're worth it to him. I said you're worth it to him. You are the apple of his eye. Well, I'm just an accident. My parents weren't expecting me. And I don't think I'm even supposed to be old. Forget it. They didn't create your spirit. This is a lot they don't know. But you didn't show up and God go, "Uh uh-oh, what am I going to do with them? (laughs) I'll figure somewhere to put them. No, uh uh-uh. He knew. Before you ever conceived, he knew every fiber and every joint and every muscle and every part of your spirit. And he 
predestined you. He selected you. And He's preserved you. You and I got such a future ahead of us, friend. We're going to rule and reign with Him. All the things we're going to see. And the things we're going to do. And the things we're going to be a part of. How glorious. How glorious. How glorious. Everybody said out loud again. He picked me. He chose me. Oh, hallelujah. He chose me. He chose me. I only got the first page of my four pages of notes here. So I won't try to to do them all. But uh, in commencing to get ready to start to close, go please to 2 Timothy, the second chapter. How does God honor us when he said, if you honor me, when you honor me, those that honor me, I will honor. How is it that he's going to honor us? Well, one of the greatest ways I know of that he's honored us is in choosing us. Choosing us unto salvation. Now, you know, I I didn't finish the story, but I said a couple of years into my ministry, I was in prayer one time. And and I'm thinking, oh, I'm so glad I obeyed God. I'm so glad I answered the call. And I begin to think, well, it's a good thing that I did. And without meaning to, I'm thinking a little bit too much of what I did. I'm thinking, you know, yeah, well, I answered the call. Yeah, I sacrificed. I left. And in waiting on the Lord, the Lord said, well, he brought this verse to my thinking. He said, no, he said, I picked you. And I thought, yeah, I'm, I know that's right. Of course, I picked you too. He said, now, he said, listen. <laughs> he took me back. He said, I brought you to this revelation 40-something times before you saw. I'm talking about one of the first revelations in my life. He said, if I left you alone, you'd have never found me. He said, I brought you back. And I brought you back. And I brought you back until you saw it so you could take the next step. <laughs> And he said, and then you were in the dark and you didn't have a clue which way was up. But he said, I stayed with you. And he said, for for this segment of time, for years in my teenage years, he said, you didn't pay attention to me. You had other things going on, hot rods and girls and everything else. He said, but I waited on you. And as soon as you got ready to pay attention to me, I brought you right back to it. And I showed you, you didn't see it the first 150 times, but I kept on till you got it. And then I got you hooked up with this ministry so you could learn about this. And I got you hooked up with this other ministry so your faith could be fed. And over a period of the next two years, I got you to where you could hear my voice to take this step. Friends, he has carried us. Did you hear me? He has carried us. He has stayed with us night and day, put up with procrastination and Even rebellion and disobedience. And you stayed with us. Stayed with us. Even when we looked like a sorry excuse of a child of God. He claimed us and said, that's my boy. That's my girl. And they'll do it. Just hold on. Watch. They'll do it. They'll do it. They will obey me. I picked them. I knew what I was doing when I picked them. The gifts and the callings of God are. Without repentance, he does not change his mind. He picked us. He selected us. For salvation. But not only that. You understand. He selects those from among his church. To do specific jobs. Is that right? 
So in finishing here, he picks us, he selected us to be saved, to be with him for eternity. But also he selects from among his church different individuals to do different jobs and accomplish different things. And it has a lot more to do with us, what we get selected for, than many people think. Read this passage and you'll see. Second Timothy, are you there? Second Timothy 2.20. Second Timothy 2.20. In a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and of silver, but also of wood and of earth, and some to honor and some to dishonor. God's house is a great house. We are vessels fitted unto glory. But we're all used for different purposes. In a great house, you've got beautiful gold and platinum and silver platters that go on the cupboard and go on the plate for special occasions. And then you've got little dirty trash cans too in other parts of the house. Well, it's great just to be in the house. But if you want to be a vessel unto honor, here's the law of sowing and reaping and the principle of honoring him and he'll honor you. The degree of honorable use he's able to give you is a direct response and reflection of your honor for him. Notice, keep reading. I need to read it again. In a great house, there are vessels of gold, of silver, not only of gold and silver, but wood and earth, some to honor, some to dishonor. If a man, therefore, will what? Purge himself from these. From what? From the dishonorable stuff. If you purge yourself from that, you'll be a vessel what? Unto honor, sanctified and meet and fit for the master's use and prepared unto every good work. One reason we wanted to tell you about the people that have helped and worked so hard is we want to honor them. And you know, you always have people that come and they want to be seen, but they don't want to work. Well, friends, you got to understand, you have measured the degree of honor of your use in actions like these and in failing tests like these. I had somebody ask me some years ago, they said, Brother Keith, how did you believe to get to be a uh, Rhema teacher? I taught at the Rhema Bible Training Center for years. I said, I didn't. They said, you didn't? You didn't claim it and believe for it? I said, absolutely not. They said, well, how did it happen? I said, they wanted to know who would volunteer to register people and greet people at the door. And I said, me. (laughs) Me. They want to know who will vacuum the healing school? Me. Who will sweep the parking lot? Me. (laughs) Amen. Me. Because the Lord told me, he said, help Brother Hagin. That's all he said. Help him. And when they needed something, I figured that must be me. They need help. The toilets need help. (laughs) The floor needs help. That's helping Brother Hagin. Sure would hinder him if he had to go in there and fix it. And so thing after thing happened. And thing after thing. And so we're there, and they said, we need help for people to see if people need to get saved or get filled with the Spirit. That was me. Need help uh, for this. That was me. 
And one day they said, we're going to start a new healing center out here. And Brother Hagin said, I'm going to select and pick people and train them. I'm going to train them to be divine healing technicians. I looked around. I thought, oh, wouldn't that be something? Oh, glory to God. And I said, boy, I'd like that. But I looked around. I thought, I bet everybody feels the same way. I bet they'd all like to be it too. And guess what? In just another month or so, he picked me. Now, I didn't think they should. Sometimes people come and they say, you know, well, we want to do this on the platform. And why don't you let us sing? And why don't we have a front row seat? My question is, why should you have one? What have you done? What is your service? Well, we ought to have the. No, why should you? People that think they should, people that think they deserve it, are the people who should not be honored. They don't qualify. They don't qualify. Let me tell you the people that qualify. People that stand on their feet 16 hours out there in direct traffic. Amen. People that are behind the scenes and don't ask for anything. And don't require anything. And just love God. And when some promotion is talked about, they think, well, that'd be great. But I bet a lot of people would like to have that too. The Lord said this to me years ago. He said, you cannot be gracious to people who feel they deserve it. You can't be gracious to a person who feels you ought to do this for me. I deserve this. You owe this to me. You can't be gracious to them. Impossible. We don't get the blessings of God by works and because we've earned it and because we deserved it. We get it because God is gracious. He's kind. He's faithful. Amen. And everything that the Lord's done with us in promotion, every step and everything, we hadn't said, well, we ought to have this. We deserve this. No, we just wanted to help. We just wanted to be there and volunteer. And a lot of stuff people think, well, you know, God's used you to do this. Yeah, but you don't know what happened before that. You don't know what happened for 20 years before that. Amen. God will honor you with use. According to how you honor him in service. Did you get that? I want to read it again. I want to say it again. And I am trying to close. In a great house there are vessels of gold and silver. And wood and earth. Some to honor, some to dishonor. But if a man, if a person will purge himself from these. He will be a vessel unto honor. Sanctified and meet for the master's use. And prepared for every good work. According to the honor you show in your service. That's going to qualify you for more honorable use. If you think, well that's beneath me. I don't sweep floors. I don't do windows. I mean, just three days ago, myself and two of my main senior secretaries were doing windows. Huh? Just a week ago, I'm putting up light fixtures. Amen. Whatever it takes. Right? Whatever it takes. Get the job done. Get it right. Amen. Did we get reward? Uh, Did you see these people come and get saved? Did you see the altar calls? Did you see people's lives changed? And besides that, there's eternal reward. Oh, glory to God. I don't need anybody to pat me on the back. Glory to God. Stand up on your feet, everybody. Say it out loud. God has chosen me. He has selected me. 
He's honored me in this thing. Lift up your hands. Close your eyes if you would. Just praise the Lord. Thank Him. Father, we thank You so much. We bless You so much. Glory to Your holy name. Oh, thank You. Come on, just praise Him a little bit. Praise You, Lord. Thank You for picking us. Thank You for choosing us. Thank You for using us. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Lord. 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 Lord. Everybody say, I belong to Jesus. I belong to Him. He selected me. Glory to God. Now, now pray this with your eyes closed. Pray it. Because this affects your future in the earth and your service to Him. Sit out loud. Father God, thank you for allowing me to be of service in your church in your kingdom in your body anything you want me to do anything and everything you could use me to do I will not lightly esteem it I will not despise it I will not think it beneath me if it pleases you if it serves you and your people I would be most honored to do it and I will do it with honor and dignity with faith and with diligence Before men and unto you in Jesus' name. Glory to God. Now thank Him for answering that prayer and using you. And be ready because He heard it. He heard it. And He's going to do it. Oh, thank you, Lord. 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 This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.